If you're here, it's because you want to think seriously about your own formation as a kingdom leader. I'm Kevin Minoy, and I invite you to participate in the diverse community of Christian leaders, both anchored and reaching in the work of God. Hang on while we push deep into the crevices of leadership formation, whether as a pastor, educator, organizational leader, or business person. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Susanna here, and we're here with another installment of Anchored and Reaching, which is your podcast to learn all things theology and identity. And I'm here with Dr. Kevin. Hi, everybody. (laughs) And we're excited to start talking today about identity in mission. And this is a topic I'm particularly passionate about because I have a master's in missiology And no one ever knows what I say when I say missiology, what that means, but it essentially just means the study of mission. And I think that as Christians, we are all missiologists. We are all on mission and should be thinking about and pondering and meditating what it means to be on mission with our lives. And that starts oftentimes with a conversation about salvation. And so we're going to kick off this conversation talking about salvation. And Kevin, you want to take it away? Yeah, I'd love to. I I really like your emphasis on the idea of missiology, frankly. And as you were talking, I was realizing, you know, you can do theology without being in mission, but you can't Mm -hmm. do mission. You can't do missiology or mission without doing theology. It's very interesting that you have to have at least a starting point from which you proceed. And frankly, when you're talking about studying mission, what are we as believers? What are we as people here to do? Well, we're really here uh, not to perpetuate doctrine or to impose propositions. We're not here to get people to sign on the dotted line, get saved and, and boycott hell. Um, and if you die, you're going to go to heaven. But we're, we're here to bring the kingdom near. It's all about the kingdom, right? And we are mm-hmm. kingdom people, and we are living kingdom values, and we are kind of overflowing with the kingdom passion to bring the kingdom to people who have never experienced the kingdom. And, and ultimately, I think that's, that's where we find meaning for the whole concept of salvation, which a lot of people uh, probably have have limited in their understanding. I mean, m- maybe you agree with that, and we can we can pick up and unpack that a little bit more if you think. Yes, I definitely think that our understanding of salvation gets watered down, gets kind of diluted, and if we're going to have a conversation about mission, I think it is important that we start there because it's much more expansive. Salvation is much more expansive than we oftentimes discuss in just quick conversations. And it's also important for how we do mission, which you reference. It's not about getting people to sign on the dotted line. It's not about, you know, there's a lot of conversation about how missionaries have tried to colonialize and, and take over culture. It's, it's, it's about seeing the kingdom of God come to earth. And when we understand what salvation is, it informs how we do mission. So I think we should start there. Yeah. And really, these things tie perfectly together, or else we wouldn't have included it in this series, identity as in mission. 
you know, when you when you define yourself by something deeply, when the fiber of your soul is written around certain values and certain uh, truths and certain convictions that you have co- in your core identity, you can't help but have those things leak out of your pores. You know, it's kind of like sweat. If I eat a lot of garlic and then I go out and work in the backyard, the sweat coming out of me is going to smell like garlic right? I mean, you just, you sweat what you eat. You sweat what's inside. So if- That's a great metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It is. It's perfect. So so if, if I am so full of God, if I am so full of the kingdom, if I am so committed and wired in to kingdom identity as a child of God, called by God in community, then I can't help when I begin to exercise- I can't help but have the sweat of my work smell like what's inside of me. And that's kingdom. So in reality, remember that identity and mission are inextricably intertwined one with the other. You can't separate these. And see, that's the problem with the 20th century. You know, I, I, I laid at the feet of the 20th century evangelical movement that has compartmentalized everything and turned us into a bunch of people who who are seeking to do good, proficient behavior in certain areas. That sounds really pejorative, and I shouldn't say it quite like that. But we've compartmentalized our faith into evangelism and discipleship and higher education and Sunday school education and preaching, homiletics and 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 counseling and, and missions and all of that. And we've lost the holistic understanding of what the kingdom really is. And if the kingdom is in you, then you're going to just leak all of that stuff. And, and chief among them is going to be that mission through whatever means you have. So, so I, I agree that mission comes out of who we are. And of course, as you've correctly said, Susanna, I agree 100% with you that the central to our mission is the whole Christian concept of salvation, which is not reduced to a minimalistic proposition of getting saved. You know, I kind of cringe when I hear that, when let's go get people saved, or when did you get saved? Well, I understand what they mean. They're reducing salvation to one single element of the larger view of salvation. And, And that single element is the point at which somebody volitionally says, I put my trust in Jesus for my salvation, that judicial singular momentary act. And, and, and that's part of it but it's not the whole thing. Salvation is a lifelong journey, as we've talked about. Salvation is not just the moment that you pray the prayer or you have the revelation or you have that, for me, it was like crying on the bathroom floor at summer camp kind of moment. It is the before and the after. It is the Holy Spirit wooing you and it is the after of the sanctification process. And so salvation is this Becoming more like Jesus, this holistic thing. And you use a really interesting metaphor to describe it in the teaching that people hopefully listen to before this about persimmon bread, which I find that so interesting because persimmons are not a fruit that I think about ever. <laughs> and I've definitely never had persimmon bread just waiting for you to bake me some. But do you want <laughs> yeah, to, to just 
quickly go over that metaphor with everyone here? Yeah, well, persimmons, you know, yeah, we got two persimmon trees. So hence my interest in using them and not just seeing the fruit rot. Um, and I've learned how to do that. I mean, you know, the basic idea is very simple that you take a lot of ingredients and whether it's persimmon bread or banana bread or pizza, well, I guess pizza is a little different story, but, or whether it's a cake of some kind, you know, baking, um, the one thing I know how to make bake is persimmon bread. So I guess that's why I used it as an analogy, but you, you, <laughs> you, you, you don't just focus on one ingredient. You don't just focus on the persimmons. You got to have the flour. You got to have the sweetener. You got to have the nuts. You got to have the raisins. You got to have the salt. You got to have the, all the things that go into making a cake or a bread. You don't just focus on one element. And so you 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 have this vision of what this is going to be, and you know that all these component parts fit together in mutuality, and they blend together, and they integrate one with another, so that when you get to the final product, you can't pull out the salt, and you can't pull out the flour, you can't pull out the sweetener, because they're all blended in together. Without any one of them, you would know that this is not really good persimmon bread. But when you put them all together, it creates this holistic, complete sense of aroma and taste and fullness and all the things that go with it, but you can't identify anyone. Well, the same thing is true in salvation. you know. So why do we pull out justification, that point where somebody says the sinner's prayer and signs on the dotted line? Why do we pull that out and say that is salvation? Well, that's like, that's like pulling out the flour, which is an important ingredient, and saying flour is persimmon bread. Well, that's not persimmon bread. It's a part of it, and it's an important part of it, and without it, it's not going to be persimmon bread. Same thing. You pull justification out and say, this is the sum total of salvation. Well, that's that's a minimalistic understanding of salvation that becomes compartmentalized, propositional, and doctrinal. And, And then we get into this 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 battle, this cycle of trying then to balance all of the different component parts of salvation, confession and repentance and justification and adoption and regeneration and sanctification and glorification, all those things. They're all component parts, but we don't focus on just one of them. And, and yes, justification is unique in that it is a punctiliar, aorist, one, you know, it's a judicial act. But the others are as much a part of restoring the image of God in us. And that's probably the best definition I can leave. Restoring the image of God in people. That is salvation. And that's why this really matters, that we talk about all of the different components of salvation and really emphasize that you can't just have one and pull it out. Because I heard it said once, salvation and redemption are opposite sides of the same coin. And traditionally, conversations have really focused on salvation, really focused on that moment. But if we miss the the redemption of the world that's supposed to happen through his people, then we miss half of the story. And I personally, well, I think persimmons are good, but I think persimmon bread sounds better. <laughs> so to tie up that metaphor a little bit, we don't just want that moment of salvation. We want a life dedicated to the kingdom of God. And I think that's kind of what you mean when you make the comment that Jesus is not the end game. Yeah, you said it. That's pretty radical. You know, in today's church culture to all of a sudden show up and say, Jesus is not the end game. I mean, 
Um, that's a pretty radical uh, statement to make. Um, but I would stand by that, and I think Jesus would stand by it too. When you think about the things that he says, I am here to be about, he didn't say, I'm here to be about my own agenda. I'm here to be about my own kingdom. He says, I'm here to be about my master's work, my father's work. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus is the means to an end. Now, we we add pejorative weight or freight to that phrase, means to an end. But that's what he said all along. That's what was was prophesied. He is going to be the sacrifice. He is the sacrificial lamb. He laid down his life for his friends. He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. He humbled himself. He became sin who knew no sin. He became the means for us to find our way back to God. You know, John 14, 6 is, I mean, it's classic. I talk about it in in the previous episode. Uh, If you didn't hear it, go back and listen to it. But, you know, he is the way no one comes to the Father. Well, what's the end game? The end game is proximity with God. Why? Because in proximity with God, the image of God in us is restored. And all the selfish layers are peeled away. When you're close to God, you reflect God. When you're far from God, you can't reflect that image very well. So Jesus becomes the way back to God so that we can be close to God the way he created us to be. And being close to God now, then we can reflect God's image. And that is when we become everything he created us to be. Yes. And you illustrated that as well in the teaching, which was that everybody is on a continuum of being connected to God because we are all created in his image. So even the most, you know, sinful, heinous person, I think was the language that was used is still reflecting the image of God to some degree, just way, 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 way out here. They were still created in the image of God. And salvation is a journey of getting closer and closer in proximity to God through Jesus so that we can reflect his glory even more. And so that is the whole point of Jesus is not the end game because Jesus is the means through which we get closer to God. We're in proximity with God. And then we reflect his glory even more on earth. I love that picture of these people on these different continuums because it helps us to really, I think, be on mission. It helps us to see everyone as on this journey of, of, you know, hopefully just gaining proximity to God. It, it takes away the labels that we might put on people and it makes the gospel relational, which I know is really important um, to the Wesleyan holiness movement, to this type of theology. The gospel is relational. It's about relationship with God. So I really appreciated that image. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, when you get to the question of identity, our identity To use the metaphor again, to go back to the blue dot continuum, uh, every person has within them the image of God. It may be covered up, it may be warped, but it it exists. That's how God made everyone, right? And and we were not created with different different, uh, flavors or different pictures poured on us. Every person has the image of God in them. It's just the question of how much selfishness have we covered it up with so that Mm -hmm. it's not recognizable. So when we go to the question of identity as mission, 
What we mean is then that we are moving along far enough on that blue dot continuum such that we are evidencing more and more blue. And we are becoming more and more blue. We are becoming more and more like God. We are becoming more and more holy as he is holy. That's in, you know, that's in scripture, obviously. When that happens, not only is our nature being transformed into blue or into holiness or into God's holiness, but our priorities are then realigned. So those things happen. And, and one has to do with who I am. The other has to do with what I do. My nature is being transformed into the holiness of God as I become bluer and bluer and bluer. And part of being blue is that I look back and I say, who else do I need to bring with me on this journey? And who is there that's out there that I need to be encouraging closer and closer to blue? Man, I'm going to go blue dot hunting. I'm going to go look for some of those blue dots. And if I can find them like little like little coals in the fire, but I'm going to blow on them. And I'm going to blow until they start to glow again and they come alive again. And I'm going to encourage that little tiny blue dot that's hidden way down in the, in the life of that person. They don't even know it's there. They may not realize it. I want to go and encourage that blue dot to the point of get it, getting it closer and closer and closer. Well, that's missiology. That's mission. My identity has become so saturated with God that now the priority of God becomes my priority. And I want to, I want to do what's important to God. What's more important to God than reconciling people to himself, bringing them back close. So I'm going to go try to bring people close. I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to I'm not going to put a yoke of heaviness on them. I'm going to go and try and figure out ways, any creative ways, becoming all things to all people that some might move closer. I'm going to figure out ways to urge them to get closer and closer to God. And when that happens, suddenly blue starts to appear in their life and they will ultimately come to the point of saying yes to the cross as the as the principal means way to the end game which is proximity with God so that they are reflecting the image of God. Absolutely. And I think good missiology starts with the starting point that we are all created in God's image. People from every tribe, tongue, and nation that look different, that have different personalities, all created in the image of God. When we start there, and then like this blue dot continuum demonstrates, we start to you know, help people see the way, the truth, and the life to look more like God, to have that selfishness removed, to go on this journey of reflecting God's image even stronger, it's important that we recognize that not everybody's going to look the same in that process because there are all these different people with different images created in the image of God, right? Like little different um, mirrors, like a mirror was broken and just scattered and they're all reflecting God's image. So I think that's an important point for multiple angles of missiology. And I really love that that image of people shining and reflecting God's glory, but all looking so different. Yeah. So when you start with that point, I, I really appreciate that. Um, you're st- you're saying that in mission we start with the starting point that all people are created in the image of God. Did I hear you say that right? Is that what you were yes, saying? Yes. Yeah. So if you start with that. And you admit that there is a diversity of people out there, which I think I also heard you say, now all of a sudden, that premise, that starting point becomes the impetus, the motivation for 
everything that we do that represents God. And if that is taking the priority of reconciling people or nudging them closer and closer to God, if that if that takes it into the into the neighborhood, if that takes it to my neighbor, if that takes it to the city next to mine, if it takes it across the country, if it takes it around the world, if it takes it all across boundaries of race in racism, if it takes it across ge- geopolitical boundaries, if it takes it across gender boundaries, it's all driven by the same starting point that every person is created in the image of God. And my priority as one who is blue, one who is closer to God, what's important to God is I want you to I want you to bring as many people as you can. I want you to go find blue dots and I want you to nudge them mm-hmm. closer and closer. Not impose on them, not put restrictions, not convict them. That's not our job. You know, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is to represent and reflect. So we we do the best we can to bring it to the kingdom to them in ways that they get. And, Mm -hmm. and, and that becomes magnetically winsome. Yes. The, the ministry of reconciliation, that is obviously through what Jesus did, but like us participating in that is our job. (laughs) I appreciate that you said our job is not to convict. That's the Holy Spirit's job, because I do think sometimes we make mission really, really complicated and, and mission is translating the gospel to people in a variety of different circumstances, life places, and, and really just pointing the way. So I think that's well said. Well, so we're wrapping up here, I think. And, uh, it's, I think this is the last in this series on identity is your anchor. Um, Susanna, it's really, really good to talk with you about this. And I hope that you'll join us next week as we begin a new series uh, in this podcast, Anchored and Reaching. Thanks for joining us. Um, Thanks so much that you can be a part of our conversation. God's blessing to you. Um, It has been great being a part of this podcast. And I'm, you know, I've been thinking a lot about what we've been saying too and chewing on it. So I hope you will as well. I hope you'll chew on this stuff and looking forward to seeing you next time. Let me encourage you that who you are is more important than what you do. The lure of defining yourself by your performance is stronger than you might think. So join me in upcoming weeks as we explore the whole leader God created you to be.